Stories are the truth our youth know. My name is Osadumebi, and every week, I usually tell you a short story written by a Nigerian writer or author. But, in celebration of the first year anniversary of this podcast, I'm launching Series Week where I tell you stories over the course of two or seven consecutive days. Basically, however long it takes to complete the story. Series week will occur about once a quarter, and the stories featured will still be written by Nigerian writers and authors, and will either consist of a sequence of related episodes from one story, or a set of stories linked by a common theme. That's the long and short of it. So without much ado, today's story is by Sophia Ajibola, and it's the first part of the story titled The Independence Walk. Listen in tomorrow for the concluding part. Bring another round for the table, another round! Shina yelled, signaling to the barman at the other end of the bar. Temi shook her head in the way girlfriends do when their boyfriends were being obnoxious. It didn't make a difference to the fact that they loved said boyfriends. Temilade could excuse him for being loud. It wasn't uncharacteristic of him, but today was exceptional. Today marked the end of his youth service, which meant he'd been formally thrust into Nigeria's workforce. Not that being officially eligible to be part of the workforce was to be celebrated, as Timmy was still actively searching for a job since finishing her service the year before. But Shina was a petroleum engineer, and the big oil firm he'd interned at during his service year had decided to retain him. The beyond competitive salary was extra topping on an already luxurious cake. It wasn't every day a Nigerian youth landed a job so easily. Timmy really could excuse his loudness. Shina was glad to be done. He'd promised himself this week of merriment as soon as he officially became an office man. He deserved it. After spending seven years at university, for what on paper was a five-year course. Then spending the first two weeks of his service in the northern part of the country, which worried his family no end, and made him their main prayer point even though he assured them he was all right. Then came a year of wearing the white tee and khakis, and having people in his area refer to him as Mr. Copper. Although the bar was loud and crowded, the barman had heard Shino and he promptly arrived to their table with chilled bottles of beer. Shino thumped the barman's back, laughing heartily. Good guy. You are a sharp guy. Thank you. He waved his hand around the table, gesturing to his friends who'd come out to celebrate with them. Share it round, share it round. But after this round, you will bring my billow, make with they go. Shina turned to Temilade, his brows raised in question. She nodded silently, quite grateful. 
Last year, when she'd completed her own NYSC, Shina had kept the party going till past midnight. She was pleasantly surprised he was willing to call it quits at just 9.30. Oga, make I bring another round of Isiewu, a big goat meat pepper soup for now. The barman asked Shina. You won't make I finish all my money for here, B. We don't already buy all your canteen finish. Get deep behind me, Seta, no, Jare? Shina joked, pointing at the empty plates and bowls littering the table. He pushed a bottle to Temilade. Drink now. You know I do not like alcohol, she stated. He knew. But he never stopped goading or teasing her when she stood her ground. Everyone should drink away their worries, was Shina's slogan. It's just out, baby. See, even Faisara is gulping the Golda like a man. Faisara is gulping the Golda like herself. Timmy rolled her eyes at him. Since he teased her about her holier-than-thou attitude to alcohol, she could correct him about his once-in-a-while sexist comments. Amen! Faisara shouted as she leaned over her boyfriend, Muiwa, Shino's best friend, to grab another bottle. Temilade turned to glare at Faisara because the girl was going through bottles of beer at lightning speed. She drank like a fish, but she hardly got noticeably drunk or hungover. Muiwa was like Timmy. He nursed his beers like babies and could make one bottle last the entire duration of a night out. Anything over two bottles and he started misbehaving. Shina had once joked that God had switched Faisara and Muiwa's private parts, a joke which Muiwa had made him pay for. Thirty minutes later, their party of six was ready to leave. Stella, who had been Shina's course mate and had also just concluded her NYSC, stopped them as they made to leave. I have to take a video for my snap, she announced excitedly. The bar was strategically lit, with just enough light to see, but dim enough to give off a cozy, sexy ambience. You couldn't exactly make out individual faces, but you could tell who was who from silhouettes. That and the empty bowls and bottles on the table was enough proof of a lit night out. We what? Shina chanted when Stella started the movie. We move! The table chorused in unison dissolving into laughter afterwards and drawing a few stares. I beg, let's get out of here before they chase us out, Shina said. The couples walked quietly to their parked cars, save for Shino, who sang, We are going higher, we are going higher, so loudly and so out of tune. His energy was infectious, and soon they were all singing and dancing shamelessly in front of their cars. When they stopped to laugh, Timilade looked over at Shino. 
This was one of the many reasons why she loved him. His ability to make her lose her self-consciousness at any time and just be. Just live. Laugh. Be happy. He caught her staring and pulled her in for a deep kiss. They didn't break apart until Stella cleared her throat loudly. <coughs> that was the third time, guys. Get a room. Stella said, feigning seriousness, but there was laughter in her voice. She and her boyfriend, Doro, exchanged hugs with Shina and the others. Shina pumped a fist in the air. We move! Onward and forever! Stella replied, raising her fist and getting into her car. The remaining two couples were sharing a car. Muiwa would be driving since he was the most sober. Shina called shotgun and the ladies got in the back and soon they were on their way. They had a long drive ahead. Shina had chosen a bar he'd heard of from a co-worker, which was miles away from where they lived. Shina liked to try new places. Muiwa and Feisara planned to crash at their place that night. Shina put on the radio. Cool soul music serenaded the air, and Timmy positioned herself to sleep. The car slowed, jolted to a halt, and Timmy stirred. Groggy, she half opened her eyes and mumbled, Are we home? She made no attempt to get up. If she stayed in place, Shina would come carry her upstairs. Good evening, officer, she heard Muiwa say. Officer, she sat bolt upright. Beside her, Faisara was sleeping and snoring lightly. Alcohol made her sleep like the dead. Your papers. Let me see your papers, was the gruff response. A flash of light met her eyes. She winced and ducked her head, avoiding the beam of the officer's torch. Shina switched on the overhead light and began to rummage around for the car documents. See how this guy is smelling. Where are you coming from? The officer scrunched his nose, his words dripping with disdain. Timmy could see Muiwa bristle. He did not like being spoken to rudely. Seated directly behind him, she stretched her hand and patted his shoulder to placate him. The officer noticed. Leave him now. She you want to fight me. You think because you did drive car now you be big man. I go show you Pepe today. Get down from this car now. I say get down. She now intervened. Officer. No one said anything to you. You asked for papers and I'm searching for them. No one is challenging you. His voice was firm but polite. The officer was not appeased. You think I'm joking? I say all of you, get down now! He tried to open the doors but they were locked. This only fueled his anger. He shone his light in their faces again. You think I'd follow on a plea? Get out of this motor! He shouted, pounding on the side of the car. Officer, come down now. 
Muyua responded angry. He turned to Shino. Guy, where are these papers? Timilade, do you know where my car papers are? Shino was getting frustrated. It's in the boot. I left them in the boot yesterday by accident. You guys, calm down. Muiwa, do not say anything. Unlock the doors, open the boots, and calm down quietly. Not a word from anyone, Shino instructed. Temilade opened the door and stepped into the chilly night air. There was another car stopped in front of theirs and two officers were by it. She turned to face the officer, shining his torch into her eyes, rubbing her clammy palms together. See your dress. You be a shower, he said. She ignored him, her fear replaced with irritation. She'd worn the wine micro mini bandage dress because Shina had said she should look sexy. It was short. But whose business but hers was that? I say all of you should get down. Who be that one for back? He asked, pointing at Faye Sarah, who was still sound asleep. That's my girlfriend. She's sleeping. She's not feeling fine. Muiwa said brusquely. You are a liar. This one that is smelling like brew is so. Wake up, Ja! I will wake up for you. I see no reason why you should do that, Muiwa challenged. He will show you the papers and we will be on our way. I don't even know why we are outside the car right now. In an instant, the officer's flashlight was replaced with his rifle. Oh boy, you won't fight me, Abby? He yelled. Officer, please! Timmy screamed, raising both hands. Please! I will wake her up. I will wake her. Timmy turned to the window, her heart pounding so loud in her ears and her stomach churning she felt like throwing up. Faye, Sarah! Faye! Faye, Sarah! Even Timmy knew it was an effort in futility. Faye was dead till at least midday. I have found the papers, Shino announced, drawing attention to himself. Officer, here you go. He stretched out his hand, but the officer didn't collect the papers. Who owns those laptops? The officer asked, peering into the boot of the car. Shino's heart sank. In his haste, He'd forgotten to close the car boot. The other car had been let go and the remaining two officers were walking over. <laughs> what is happening here? One of them, a pot-bellied bald man, asked. The other one was real thin and his uniform hung limply on him. Come and see, the first officer said. Both officers drew close, peering into the boots suspiciously like there was a dead body in there. Round them up. They are Yahoo boys. We'll take them to the station. 
the pot-bellied one declared. Seize those laptops, the thin one added a little too eagerly. Shina moved to block the first officer when he reached for the laptops. His MacBook Pro was in there and no one was going to manhandle it. Muiwa, who was a programmer and had been coding on the ride to the bar, also moved to block the boot. His laptop was in there as well. The third laptop was Timmy's. She'd taken it to watch movies on the ride. Timmy had never felt more scared in her life. Her heart was pounding at a crazy rate, and she was rooted to the spot in fear, shaking like a leaf. The darkness of the night intensified the dread surrounding the unfolding drama. There were no cars on the road, and two of her favorite boys in the world were facing off with three angry officers. She wanted to tell them it was not worth it, but she didn't want to make matters worse. So she kept quiet and looked on helplessly. She watched the pot-bellied officer shine his light on both boys, taking in Shino's Rolex, car documents still in his hands and his Italian shoes. Muiwa's uncombed hair, his gold necklace, a gift from Feisara, his bracelets and Nike slides. The pot-bellied man nodded once, as if he'd just received a message from God. They are Yahoo boys, he repeated. Monday, he faced the officer who'd stopped them. Arrest them. Shina had had enough. We are not Yahoo boys. You stopped us on our way to our house. We were not speeding. You asked us to get down from our car. We complied. You asked for my car documents. This is it. You have not searched me or my friend and have not checked my papers, but you have somehow concluded that we are Yahoo boys. We know our rights and this is bullshit. With that, he turned to shut the boot. Timmy was certain she had an out-of-body experience because everything after Shina turned around to close the boot was otherworldly. She heard a gunshot. She couldn't tell which officer fired. Shina crumpled to the ground like a sack of rice. Faisara woke up with a blood-curling scream. And Muiwa started shouting. You shot him! God damn it, you shot him! Why? You shot him! Snapping out of her daze, Timmy flew the distance between her and Shino. She did not see the officers leave. She did not register Muiwa saying, We have got to get him to a hospital. She did not feel Faisara pulling her. She sat on the untarred road cradling her bleeding boyfriend in her wine-bandaged dress and brown strappy heels, whimpering. No, 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 Shino, Shino, God, no, God, no, Shino, stay with me, baby, Shino, Shino, stay with me, Shino, 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 stay with me, stay with me, Shino, Shino. Shino. 
Sophia Ajibala is a writer who resides in Ibadan Oyo State. Currently, she's a student studying computer science at university. You can read more of her work on Medium at Sophia Ajibola and connect with her on Twitter at Sophie underscore AT. Details and links will be in the episode description. If you've got a story you would like to be featured on this podcast or a published book you want to make into an audiobook, send an email to info at osadumebi.com or send me a message at osadumebi.com on either Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Twitter. I look forward to collaborating with you. And if you've enjoyed this week's episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and tell a friend that stories are a good escape for a few minutes each week.